It's just a public service announcement. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is a lady, and I like to talk about vaginas. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears as we listen to the gospel according to St. Uteri, Uteronomy. Welcome back to another episode of Uteronomy with me, Naledi. Hey guys, so welcome to part two of the menstrual cup episode. I'm not going to waste any time, let's get into it. Um, in part one of the episode, we spoke to Marissa about her experience using the menstrual cup over the past few years. And we spoke a little bit about the social issues surrounding, you know, use and distribution of the cup. Um... I thought this is, is quite relevant because one, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in our next interview, but two, because I have a lot of these questions and I haven't yet received answers or I haven't yet, I guess, found solutions to the problems that I, I have. I don't know if I've created them or if I've identified them, but nonetheless, I think, I think in a South African context and in an African context, in a, you know, third world developing country context, I think it's important to not discount how important these issues are. Um, so the reality is that without access to clean water and sanitation facilities, the convenience and sustainability of reusable menstrual products is greatly reduced. In countries where lack of access to clean water is an everyday reality, South Africa included, it becomes very difficult to advocate for the use of reusable menstrual products, never mind that there already exists a great lack of access to disposable menstrual products like pads and tampons. And remember, with all things vaginal, with all things in general, but with all things vaginal, clean hands are an imperative. This means that in addition to the cup itself being clean before and after insertion, your hands must also be clean. So you have to wash your hands with soap and water to avoid introducing new bacteria into the vagina, which may result in UTIs and other infections. Part of using a menstrual cup is cleaning it. And trying to clean it in a public toilet poses difficulties because generally... The sinks where you wash your hands aren't inside the cubicles, but they're part of a, you know, public part of the bathroom. But this difficulty can be somewhat easily addressed by using wipes, as we heard in the interview with Marissa. Um, I don't want this. I'm placing a a lot of emphasis on this, but I don't want it to be more of an issue than it actually is, you know, when we... For example, look at the use of reusable nappies like we spoke about with Marissa where you can wash them. There are plenty of communities who are still making use of that method for their infants or babies um, rather than disposable nappies because of cost and I guess to an extent convenience. Um, So it's not that this option doesn't exist entirely. I just think it's the issue is there and we need to talk about it and this also doesn't discount the work being done um, to address the issue to address sanitation to address um, distribution of reusable menstrual products um, I just think we need to look at everything you, we, we need to look at the whole puzzle I think this is the perfect time to introduce our next guest Dr. Letlang Matlala Motivated by her own struggles with menstruation and a heavy menstrual flow, 
Dr. Matlala is launching a non-profit organization with the main objective of fighting period poverty. And she aims to do this by providing indigent women and girls in South Africa with menstrual cups and education surrounding menstrual health, hygiene, sex and sexual health, HIV and STIs, as well as reproductive health. Based on her use of both the menstrual cup and disc, Dr. Matlala believes that everyone deserves to catch a break from heavy periods and from the shackles of period poverty and wants to do that by offering to others the same experience she has been given with the disc and the cup. So generally, I just feel like being on your period is such a schlep for anyone. Like the whole idea of just bleeding from your vagina every month is just annoying. You're leaking. It's just frustrating. And so I recently went on the IUD and I was hemorrhaging. When I say hem, like I was bleeding. My periods became so heavy. Sorry? Which one did you get? I got the cup of tea. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I already I already had very heavy flow and I know it was one of the side effects, but um I just was like, how bad can it be? Yeah. <laughs> um so I got it either way, but then I, I realized that wow, that probably wasn't the best idea. Mm-hmm. Um so the pains stopped and stuff, but my bleeding was still ridiculous and I was flying through packs of tampons. I was like, this doesn't, it, I can't. And there was this, the super, the super ones, the yellow thick tampon. And I'm, this is not making sense. And it was leaking all the time. I'd be at work and I'm like, Oh shucks. I can feel it leaking. So I have to go change it. It be, I couldn't quite, you know, change it often enough to not leak and if i was changing it often enough it was going to be it was just a horror story so i was like i need something better and more sustainable for myself and so i had heard of the cup a long time ago it's been around for a while um and i was like yeah let me try that and i tried that and i think it's the most amazing thing on this planet i bought one cup I've been using one cup for the past six months. Oh, wow. Cost-wise, brilliant. I don't leak. Um, I change it twice a day. The other, the rest of the day, you empty it via like maneuvers. And I was like, wow, this is brilliant. And I feel like so many girls could benefit from this cup. Hmm. And so I thought, hmm, I feel like, I want to get the cup to a lot more um, South African girls, especially from disadvantaged backgrounds, because people miss so much school, people miss work because of their periods. They can't afford pads, can't afford tampons, all of that. So I was like, okay, we could tackle period poverty mm. with distributing menstrual cups. And that's where the idea came from. That's really cool. So the MPO would be mainly to distribute um, these menstrual cups, but also include reproductive education, sex education, HIV, STIs. I mean, if you're already talking about periods, you might as well lump it all together. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the gist of it. And have you gotten started yet? So I've been, like I told you, I was struggling with this constitution. So that's doing to try to register it as an actual NPO. Yeah. Um, I've been doing the constitution. If I wasn't so much of a procrastinator, I would have been done. But I'm almost, almost there. Yeah. Almost there. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to fundraise and how I'm going to actually practically do it. Yeah. Um, so it's in the works, I would say. That's really exciting. What's it called? Does it have a name yet? 
that's part of in the works. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm trying to find something really witty, really like, cute. Yeah, and I know what you mean. Like, I, I, I is amazing. Like, but what? I struggled with that. Like, I, yo, I didn't know. I started off with like Harry Potter references, like Harry Potter and the Raging Uterus or Harry Potter and the Bleeding Vagina or whatever. But it was just too long. Like, that's a long sentence. <laughs> that didn't work. What's that guy, Harry Potter? Look. Okay, wherever there's Harry Potter and magic, I think it was the whole fetus deletus thing and fetus being a spell and you know what I mean. So I was going sort of on that tangent, but it just, it wasn't working. It was too long. I love Deuteronomy. How did you come up with that? Um, I don't know. It like came to me in a dream or something. I won't lie to you. I can't remember. Um, but I was just playing around with it because then I started looking at, you know, like the names of stuff, right? And then I thought, okay, Deuteronomy, which I struggle to say. I don't know how you say that word. And then I was like, well, maybe we can sort of do a wordplay on that and then say, well, you know, it's a biblical word, Deuteronomy. So, I mean, gospel according to St. Deuteronomy, let's just make it work so that, that also really works wow i just look at it i'm like wow i get it it makes so much <laughs> sense so the name is still in the works that's okay that's I'm one really thing that, like, that yeah. sticks you know yeah it's th- but like once it comes to you you've got it and then like it works so just yeah don't overthink it though because then that's when you just don't find That's exactly what I'm doing. And I'm just like, oh, that's cringe. <laughs> just let it go to you. Uh, you were talking I, about the disc, the menstrual disc. Are you using that as well still? So there's the cup and the disc. Mm. So generally, they sit in different places. So your cup sits in the vaginal canal. Mm. And your cup is the one that most people will use for their periods. Um, and there's different sizes. So there's a large, small, medium, medium. Why would I do it in that order? That's so chaotic. <laughs> there's a small, medium, and large. Okay. And it also, um, depending on the flow, um, you'll size it depending on flow and whether or not you've had a child or not. So Nalipares, um, females, they usually would just start them on the smalls, mm-hmm. um, so I was a bit hesitant, which is, this is the main reason I'm a little bit hesitant about the whole thing is if I was hesitant with all the stuff I knew, I can imagine that a lot of people are going to be hesitant to shove this cup thing yeah. into their vaginas. It does sound like a lot. So I initially started with the disc. So I bought this product from, um, it's called Soft Cup. Okay. And in it, it's 290 rand. In it comes this the uh, cup and a disc. Okay. And the disc looks pretty okay to me. And they said something along the lines that you can use the disc. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna start with the disc because the cup looks a bit scary. So the disc is um. I I should have if it was a YouTube show. I would <laughs> put it, but I'm sure people can Google it. But the disc is a little. Your the description's not coming, but the disc looks a little scarier. It's like an upside down condom. I'm looking at the picture you sent me. An it's upside down condom. Like yeah, but it's a little short condom. So <laughs> description, I don't think. But anyway, it looked better. And um, so I used that initially. Um, they said you can use it on the pack, they said you can use it for about three years. Hmm. But people don't usually use it for their periods so much or they don't reuse it often. But I've been using it for the past five months and it's been fine. But so the disc sits a little higher. So it sits just by the cervix. Um, And then the front part goes just under the pubic bone. So it it sounds all really, really frightening. Um, But once you do it once, you're like, oh, that just slides right in. And so I'm using the disc. I've used my cup, but I just prefer my disc. I I just do. Um, but I do use the cup. 
I, I alternated, but I do prefer the disc. Okay. So I'm using both technically. Yeah, you spoke about being hesitant and like, it's not just first timers. Like I've been on the Mirena for four years, so I haven't used a tampon in four years. And now I have a real period again. And I tried to use a tampon and I was like, oh my gosh, no, this is not working. Uh, so I think like, I guess just inexperienced people would also just be nervous about it. Like I'm nervous. I'd, I'd really like to try it, but I'm also so nervous. And like, it's what I should use because pads are uncomfortable. They're unhygienic. I have to change my underwear to fit pads and that's just uncomfortable. But like, how do you get there? Do you know what's really interesting? Actually, I was reading studies about the uptake of these cups and like weather in different countries. So some of the African countries have actually done quite a lot of studies on it. Mm-hmm. Kenya in specific or in particular, Ooh, English. <laughs> um, Kenya did a study um, on the acceptability of the cups um, mm. and they found that the younger girls the ones that had just started their periods so I mean they haven't really used the pads they haven't used anything really mm. if they were introduced to the cups they were more likely to find them more acceptable initially um, but in terms of acceptability in older um, people and people who've been using other um other products they found that initially in the first three months the uptake was your i might lie but the numbers were about 30 or something percent Mm. and they had by the end of the year they had increased to about 80 to 90 percent oh wow they found that with time and constant um you know instructions people felt more comfortable Mm. because it's always Ooh, is it going to be painful if I put it in? Is it what? Is it going to get stuck in there? Is it going to hurt? You know, mm-hmm. so they just realize that the more people try it, the longer they've tried for, the more they get comfortable and the better it gets. Okay, so it's just practice, basically practice. Makes it's it just practice. And is it comfortable? Do you feel it? You forget a, like you will forget about it, oh, like wow. completely. I don't know what reminds me that I'm as sometimes you can feel that it's full. Mm. So it's, it becomes leaky also. So, but just before you leak, like before it starts leaking, you can kind of almost feel that. Okay. And then you just go into the bathroom and you do your little maneuvers. So you like <laughs> bear down and you like, you know, bear down and you empty the, the cup is really cool. The fact that you don't have to take it. Because just imagine having to take out this bloody cup at a public yeah. you know, toilet. Yeah. That would be the most horrific thing. And the basin is not in the toilet stall. Yeah. And then you have to walk there with a bloody disc. So you don't have to take it out physically to empty it. And the directions are right there. What did the directions say? So I can actually describe this to you guys. Hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. I had written it down somewhere, but all I know is you just bear down like you're pushing out a baby, a stool. I don't know what you want to put out. <laughs> okay. Um, and like yeah. when you pee, does it, it doesn't like fall out when you pee or anything like that? Girl, I'm telling you, you'll forget that that thing is even a thing. You forget completely. Okay. This sounds re- it sounds really attractive. Like it really does sound attractive. I'm I'm really interested in the leakage rate. Is I mean I guys, you know when you can't sleep on your back. You know when you're wearing a pad and you can't sleep on your back. What struggles are those when you can't sleep on your own back because your blood is gonna run down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of ghettoness, you know? So. I just, I, I can't, it's revolutionized my life. I'm not going to lie. Nighttime leaks were my thing Mm. because I said I was hemorrhaging. And so I'd have to, I was changing my tampon almost every two hours. So if not less, so it wasn't working out. I would definitely leak all night and I haven't leaked 
in about two months now. Do you still have the IUD? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm still hemorrhaging. I just don't feel it as much and I'm not wasting as much money on tampons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, one, the only thing that I think I've been thinking about when it comes to period poverty is like when we use these reusable options. So I know there's the disc now, there's the cup, and then there's reusable pads and there's period panties. So I have two concerns. The one is cost. But the second one is, you know, access to clean water and spaces where you can, you know, empty your cup or wash your reusable pad or your period undies or whatever. I think that's something that I've been struggling to sort of get my mind around when it comes to the rollout and the the popularity of sustainable period products. It's a it's a huge. I actually didn't know how much of a big topic it was there's so much research governments also has this wash sector so water um sanitation and hygiene they're really trying to figure out what is the best way because even pads we don't even throw away our pads correctly i mean what 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 kind of waste is our pads we don't know is it household waste is it um is it biodegradable like what are we doing is it you know so when you in your house use your pad what do you do you wrap it up in a tissue like you wrap it up in a tissue goes into your normal dustbin and then where does it go Mm -hmm. and is it supposed to be thrown out like that Mm -hmm. people don't have she bins there's no those little plastics everything is so messed up Mm -hmm. so um it is a huge thing and also the reusable pads and those panties um they've also been associated with increased risk of like um urogenital infections okay and yeah because how often can you wash it mm. also when you do wash it how long can you use it for where are you going to throw it it's it's a huge 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 um topic but i felt like with the menstrual cups because um because you're only taking it out twice you're boiling it so you put it in boiled water um every time you finish using it so end of the cycle and the beginning of the cycle mm-hmm. the other time you rinse it in water so as much as i know that a lot of people don't have access to clean water um it's still the better option because a lot of people don't have access to the tampons themselves the pads themselves can cost wise they don't have access to disposing of them correctly so i'm not i haven't quite figured it out how you'd get like so it will obviously be an intersectorial sorry my dog is like <laughs> it'll obviously be intersectorial and we're going to have to involve a whole bunch of people and see maybe with the roll out if we start maybe with schools possibly get a sort of you know some sort of water clean water or something that i haven't figured that part out but it's definitely a real concern and it it it's huge it's huge i've tried to do the reading it's it's a lot it's a, it's, it's a lot it's overwhelming how much there is out there about this um yeah. I, I was looking at period panties specifically when i was still using the marina because my flow was non-existent when there was a flow so i was like well I don't want to have to wear a panty liner for the period that I'm sort of getting. What about yeah. period panties? But the, the cost is so prohibitive. Like a pair will be 320 or 480, yeah. depending on the brand. What's the use of that? How long does that last? I actually haven't looked at period panties. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked at it enough to tell you like how long it lasts. Um, I know you can, you, can use it and reuse it um and it's an everyday thing but also then if it's an everyday thing it means that you're gonna have to have more than one pair so that one pair is drying while you can wear another so that's at least 600 700 rand on two pairs of underwear so that you can be i guess more sustainable more comfortable that sort of thing and it's not what what is the like in terms of 
odor and all of that. I mean, you know how a pad is a pad and your pad also ends up, you can smell mm. a used pad, you know? So stuff like that, how, I wonder, I actually yeah. haven't done that. I saw like, I think it was a cosmopolitan, they did a, a sort of exercise on it where they gave different women um, different pairs of period panties because they come in like all shapes and sizes and they didn't have an issue with, you know, spillage or smell, but it's still pretty mm. intimidating because now you're not bleeding onto something besides your underwear, you're bleeding into your underwear. So it's like, okay. Really all day also. That's, that is a, it's, it's something I would have considered. But I just don't, it didn't appeal to me. I, it doesn't appeal to me to have this item of clothing that I have to now go hand wash at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know it's my bad. No, but I mean, it's already weird that like, People don't wash their underwear every day. It's like your own thing. Do what you want to do, however, whatever works for you. So, I mean, if you're not used to doing that every single day and you're used to, like, at the end of the week, throwing everything into the washing machine, then it's a completely foreign experience to have to now, every day or every night, take this thing off and wash it and dry it and all of those things. Um, So I think it's a great idea in countries where people can afford a thing like that where people have time for a thing like that but i don't honestly even the 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 pads the the material pads that's also something you're gonna have to remove and wash they're not as expensive at least um there's good um websites where they sell them you know as a pack or they sell them with a pair of panties um and they're quite reasonable but do you know, even pads, like, you know, I took for granted that when we do pad drives or whatever, that, you know, these kids get pads and everything's great. But I didn't realize that there are some kids who, like, obviously I, I knew somewhere deep down, but I didn't realize that there are some kids who don't have panties. Mm. So how do you pad if you don't have a panty, you know? Yeah. And so somewhere I read that some kids were using the pads and inserting them in the vagina. Oh, my goodness. So like a tampon but can you like that's when i realized that the problems are many many it's a big big problem and i mean not just kids uh women in prisons also they don't necessarily have access to underwear which means they don't have access to sanitary wear and it's just it's a big mess everything is just a big mess yeah he is. So I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to, you know, make a difference somewhere. I thought to start in schools, because um, I have to start somewhere. Mm. Um, but I, I would like to, at the end, have it rolling out to everyone. I would, I would love for the everyday woman to be using a cup. I mean, you, we would save so much. I think I need to cal- calculate how much money I've actually saved but it's going to be thousands of rands by the end of the year. You know what I mean? I think I did. Um, when I started with the marina as like one of the reasons why I should get it because my mom wasn't very keen. Then I also mm-hmm. did the calculations of pads and tampons every month, panty liners every month, and then painkillers every month. And I don't remember what else that I added into that. And mm-hmm. I think the whole process of the marina was about 4,000, 4.5 the marina itself being 2.5 and that cost in one year of all those things that I have to buy was way more than that. And because mm-hmm. the marina lasts five years, imagine 2.5 for this one little thing versus Amazing. so much more money over those five years paying for pads and tampons, etc., etc. But why do you think people aren't punting the other reusable things as much? Do you think it's just capitalism? I don't understand. Like, why isn't everyone trying to encourage us to use a reusable stuff? You know, I think, so I, I think a lot of people use them, but not enough people talk about using them. So it's a privileged thing, definitely, because if you have the 300 rand to buy that little thing, 
then mm. you have it and you can use it. But I don't think enough people are talking about themselves using it and their experiences. Um, because I've seen a lot of people speak about it, but just sort of in passing, like, oh, I have a, a menstrual cup and then that's it. Or a mm. menstrual cup is so great to use, it's so much better than pads, and then that's it. Um, so I think it's also, you know, like the hippie white people, those, you know, they talk about it and they talk about it in their circles, but their voices aren't as loud as, you know, the rest of our voices. So if we start speaking about it more and more, then more people will know about it and more people will use it. But I think it's also just the reluctance. So people know yeah. about it, but they're like, mm, I don't know about this thing. Like, yeah. I got to rinse it out where? So it's, it's, also, <laughs> it's I must, obviously if we're talking about good, we need to talk about the cons. Um, so definitely, okay. A little bit more on the pros before I go to the cons is the disc. Apparently I haven't done it, um, but apparently you can keep the disc on during sex because oh, wow. it is so high up. Yeah. So, that would be, I haven't tried it. Um, <laughs> I just don't. But um, I should. But apparently you can keep it on during sex because it sits so high up. Yeah. Which would be nice. It would be an added, I mean, yeah. And that's bonus. That's that was, one less thing you need to worry about. Exactly. I thought that was cool. Um, another pro, I think those are all the pros. No leakage or minimal leakage. Change it twice a day. Uh, the con is that if you leave it longer than the 12 hours, okay, so like it's something you think, oh, 12 hours, why would you leave it longer than 12 hours? Like, what, why would you do that? Life is going, and like the one time I was on call and the day was just going, and I just completely forgot. Mm. And when I tell you the smell of that thing, once oh. you leave it off. Oh, goodness gracious me. It is terrible. Like, I do not advise it. <laughs> I do not. It was very, very, very foul smelling. Um, I think that was the word. And the fact that it predisposes to infections if you do leave it in longer than 12 hours. Hmm. Um, so th that is the main con of it. And the fact that also, if you don't place it incorrect, it will be uncomfortable. Like a tampon. If you don't push a tampon deep enough it yeah. sits just there and you can feel it definitely feel yeah. it so in the cup if you don't place it properly you'll feel it um taking it out i'm getting better but taking it out is a little bit of a challenge uh -huh. uh, like is it like it's not as, it's not messy like bloody everywhere but it's like my fingers are going to get blood on them which is but I'm saying if you're changing it twice a day, you're changing it at home. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like you're doing it in the shopping mall and you're going to have blood on your hands in the shopping mall. But the, it is a little bit messy. But I'm sure it's also because I'm still practicing taking it out. So I'm not good at that yet. And are you using it exclusively? Like you've abandoned tampons? I've left those things completely. I don't remember the last time I bought one. Does the type of underwear you wear matter? Girl, <laughs> I say minimal leakage. Like I wear in um, I don't have period panties anymore. What is that? That is like what? I like ghetto. I ghetto is what it is. It's ghetto. I wear regular, regular underwear all the time. Nothing changes about my life anymore. I put in the cup and take it out. Put in the cup. Take it out. I haven't had to wash my bedding because leakage in such a long time. Wow. Just amazing. Okay, I'm sold. I'm amazing. I'm gonna I, I, when I release this episode, I don't know when it's gonna happen. And I hope it's mm -hmm. okay I'm using the audio. So this is gonna be like the chat. Oh okay. okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um I just also for my yeah for your um, more eco-friendly viewers or mm -hmm. listeners. What do they call? So there's a faithful to nature cup, um, which goes. It's a, little, it's a little bit more expensive. It's about two hundred and sixty-nine rand. Also, 
for five years and um, it's eco-friendly and um, biocompatible. So that's pretty cool. The one I'm using is a soft cup menstrual cup and it was 250, but it came with both the disc and the and the cup mm, on take a lot. There, there are lots of them. Um, so it's like pick and choose. But for eco-friendly people, they are definitely eco-friendly cups. What, cool. what does it feel like? Like the material itself? Is it silicone or what is it? Silicone. Okay. Is it like medical grade silicone? Medical grade silicone, yes. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm happy. I think I'm going to buy one and do like a giveaway thing, perhaps. Oh, that would be amazing. I think I also want to ask you, I think I'm going to start a sort of, I don't know, somewhere where people can, like a website where people can kind of log if they use the, just so I can get more data, just so we can get more information about all the stuff so that when it goes out, maybe I can give you a link and people can just say um, what side effects or what pros and cons or how they use it and all that and which one they're using, hmm. just so that I can get more data on what's going on in terms of that. Okay, well, so, I'll, I mean, put yes. that out there and ask. Yeah. But I bet what you're doing. We don't speak about this enough. We don't speak about the uterus or the vagina. We don't speak about that business enough, and it is happening to us all the time, you know? Yeah, and like every single day. Anything, people don't know their parts. Like, people think the vagina is the whole thing, and that's not, no. You have labia, you have a clitoris, you have a vagina. You know, it's more than just the vagina, which is also why, like, when I was thinking of names, I know Eve Ensler's vagina monologues, which I love completely. It's so great. Mm. But I didn't want to make it something like vagina Mm. something, not because Mm. of the word, but because, like, not because it's, it's, it's a daunting word, definitely, but because there's more to the whole thing than your vagina. Mm. So let's talk about what else there is there. I back it. Yes. I back you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Thank you so much for your time and for your experience and for your knowledge sharing. It's really valuable. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Dr. Matlala for convincing me and I hope convincing for convincing the rest of you that a menstrual cup or a menstrual disc is the way to go. I wish you all the best with your NPO and I'm so excited for us to chat about it soon. Um, you see, because I split the episode, I can't remember what I was supposed to say now, but... I think having listened to that um, interview, you get a better a better sort of view um, about the social issues surrounding menstrual cups, reusable menstrual products, menstrual products in general, um, and what I was trying to say in terms of sustainability and what's realistic in our context as a country and as a people. Uh, but I I hope I hope you took something away from that. So, if you're here, you've made it like, we're at like 75% and I'm so proud of you for making it this far. I really, yo, well done. I'm clapping my hands. If I clap, it's going to be too loud. It's just going to make a noise in your ears. So imagine me clapping for you because I'm proud of you. Okay, so now I have done some, some Googles. And I've looked at different brands and different prices for menstrual cups. And the, the prices are, they, they vary quite a bit depending on, on the brand and where you get it from. 
and I found a number of brands online. So what I'm going to do is give a brief summary of what I found on Faithful to Nature, Wellness Warehouse and Take A Lot. But there are a lot of independent producers and retailers of the menstrual cup who are proudly South African. Um, I don't know if they actually produce in South Africa, but nonetheless, you know, let's support our local retailers because local is like a et cetera, et cetera. Um, so if you do a quick Google search, like literally menstrual cup, South Africa, you will find pages and pages and websites and websites of places where you can get it from. And I urge you to first look at what's out there before you make a decision so that you find what best suits your pockets and what best suits your needs. So before I give you that summary, I need to tell you that you want your menstrual cup or disc to be BPA free. BPA is an endocrine, 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 your English guys, hectic, endocrine disruptor, which can imitate the body's hormones and it can interfere with the production, secretion, transport, action, function, and elimination of natural hormones. It can behave in a way that's similar to estrogen and other hormones. Studies have shown that BPA exposure can affect egg maturation in humans and can affect puberty and ovulation. And this may lead to infertility. It's not all guaranteed, but the risk is there. The effects on reproduction may be lifelong and transgenerational. BPA exposure may also affect male impotence and high levels of exposure may increase the risk of erectile dysfunction and problems with sexual desire and e ejaculation. There's a lot that BPA can affect and not in a good way, so just do your best to avoid it. Also, if you're allergic to latex, latex rubber, please don't get a menstrual cup that's made from latex rubber please 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 a majority of the menstrual cups that are on the market are latex free so your latex allergy won't stop you from getting and using a cup if you decide that's what you want to do of the physical retailers the brick and mortar mortar stores Clix has a soft cup at 250, the maybe mom cup at 110 and the Ava secrets cup at 200 rand and then Diskim has the maybe mom soft cup at 109.95 if you want to save that five cents um, but this is actually a menstrual disc and it says it's only reusable up to three cycles so just keep that in mind when you're doing your shopping um i already said this but i'm gonna look for local brands that make the cup and then provide you with a list um and links and all of that because local is lacquer and in this house we shop local so if we start with faithful to nature they have the goddess cup which retails at 269 rands it comes in small medium and large it includes a cotton storage bag it's reusable for up to five years and it is said to replace at least 1200 regular pads and tampons it is latex and bpa free yay and then there's the lunette cup which i don't know why but it costs 790 rand it's one of the smallest menstrual cups ideal for light to moderate, moderate flows. It's reusable and suitable for teens and petite and small framed women. This is what it says. I'm just reading what it says. Um, and it's also latex and BPA free. Yay. Then Wellness Warehouse has the Mesm, M-A-S-M, organic care cup in small and large at 399 and medium at 420 rand. They're ad advertised for menstruators who are over the age of 18, but who do not regularly have sex. It's made with medical grade thermoplastic elastinomas. So yes. And then it's silicone latex and BPA free. Yay. And it's hypoallergenic. Allergenic? The Mina cup is 402 Rand and 95 cents. It's discreet, comfy and lasts five years. There's also a mini Mina cup, which retails at 389 Rand and 95 cents, also on Wellness Warehouse. And then lastly, with Wellness Warehouse, we have the cup called My Own Cup, which retails at 299 Rand 95, available in small, medium and large. It's biocompatible. Yay. So like you can like, bury it in a hole and it will it will 
decompose. Yay. It's non-toxic and it's hypoallergenic. Then Take A Lot has the pink cup, which is 199 Rand, comes in small or large. The Flow Cup, 230 Rand. It's biodegradable and eco-friendly. Yay. Comes in midi and maxi. So I assume that's like small and large. The Anger Cup, I think that might be a typo, but the Anger Cup, 199 Rand. Made with medical grade silicone. Comes in small, large and small and large. And you can buy a separate sterilizer for 179 Rand. Or you can buy the large one that comes with a sterilizer. For, I think it's like 250 Rand or something. Then there's the Ava Secrets Cup, 250 Rand, which is toxic free and allergy free. The Gemma Cup, which is 250 Rand, which comes in small and large. It's imported from Germany and includes an eco cotton storage bag. Lastly, the Mina Cup. So Wellness Warehouse has the Mina Cup at 402 Rand and 95 cents. So if you're keen on this cup, um, and you're not buying anything else at Wellness Warehouse, so you're, you're going to have to pay for delivery, then maybe just get it from Take-A-Lot because it's 102 Rand and 95 cents cheaper. Okay, so let's talk about positives and negatives. So a listed positive of using a menstrual cup is that they're cost effective. But this isn't necessarily the case for everyone. And whether or not it is cost effective will depend on if it costs you less in currency than whatever you're using at the moment and if it's easier to use. If it'll cost you less in terms of money, but no matter what you've tried, it, it just it doesn't work for you. It's not easier to use than disposable products or other alternatives, then we can't really say it's cost effective because then you would have bought it and still have to pay for other things. But that's fine if it if it's. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you because we're all different. Vaginas are different. Vaginal canals are different. We're just, there's no two same vaginas. Now, a list sort of, kind of, of the pros and cons of using a menstrual cup. If we start with the positives or the pros, they are relatively cost effective, particularly in the long term. They're safer to use than tampons. They're non-absorbing, so they won't affect your internal pH and flora balance. They hold more blood than pads and tampons, so you won't have to change them as often as you would a pad or a tampon. And because they hold the blood rather than absorb it, there is little to no smell. They're better for the environment as compared to pads and tampons because they're reusable and Disposable pads and tampon applicators are generally made from plastic or a combination of plastic and cotton, and this can take up to 25 years to break down in the ocean. While biodegradable sanitary products biodegrade in a much shorter period of time, and the ones that are actually biodegradable must be composted rather than disposed of in a landfill. So just keep that in mind if you buy a biodegradable cup. Apparently, you can wear the cup during sexy time and you can't feel it. And this depends on the brand. But like, I'm not seeing it. Hey, I think if anyone's done it and they've experienced it and it was fine, please tell me. I won't say your name if you don't want me to say your name. But I would really like to know, have you had sex with the cup in? Whatever sex is for you, of course. Um, and, and what that felt like, did you feel the cup? Did the other person feel the cup? You know, mm, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, you can wear them while sleeping and swimming. Um, TSS caused by menstrual use, menstrual cup use is very rare as compared to TSS caused by tampon use. So this makes the cup safer to use for longer periods of time. Like when you're sleeping, the same applies with the menstrual disc. And then the last positive that I have here is that it's safe to use with an IUD. This was a concern um, for some people. But if you listen to the interview with Dr. Matlala, she also uses it with her IUD. Um, if you're worried about it, speak to your doctor, whether it's your gynae or your GP. Um, test it out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But a listed positive is that it's safe to use with an IUD. But now, 
Nothing is positive without there being a few negatives. So some cons to menstrual cups are that they can be pretty messy. They can be difficult to insert or remove depending on your skill, position and physical location. So sometimes you might struggle to avoid spills while you remove it. You might struggle to find the right fit. So you might have to buy a few and try them out before before you find the right one. Um, and this, I think, might be cost prohibitive. They might cause an allergic reaction. Most of them are made from latex-free materials, like I said. So if you have a latex allergy, you should be fine if you get a non-latex cup. Side note, guys. Why are latex-free condoms so expensive? Like, why are we being punished for being allergic to latex? You know? Anyway, um, there's still a chance that silicone or rubber can cause an allergic reaction, but again, test it out. There's no one-size-fits-all formula. Then another negative is that it might cause vaginal irritation if not cleaned properly. If you don't clean and store it properly, you're also at risk for infection. So make sure to wash it well, rinse it and let it dry and especially wash your hands before and after. Lastly, you might experience some discomfort if you insert it without any lubrication. You can definitely use some lube to make the insertion easier, but make sure to use water-based lube water based lube the same if you're using latex condoms friends please so i don't know about you i want to say you guys but i don't know if there's more than one person listening um if there is i don't know about you guys you who i was about to say you people <laughs> but i think there's been a lot of information in this episode in both part one and part two and we all just need time to take it in and you know absorb it and reflect so it's for this reason that we have now sadly come to the end of the episode but wait there's more to make up for the extended silence and many, 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 many empty promises regarding the public, the publication of this episode, I've decided that I will do a very, very small giveaway. Yay! I won't lie to you. For a person who dislikes Instagram competitions as much as I do, I enter them a lot like a lot and i also feel very silly making this an instagram competition because of how much they generally demand from you like why must i first follow all 74 sponsors like the same post on all of their accounts sacrifice my firstborn and then for extra entries post to my story and tag them like come on guys like so i'm trying to i'm trying to make this as unannoying an Instagram competition as it can possibly be. So all you have to do is leave a comment on the giveaway post with what your favorite takeaway from this episode is from either part one or part two or both, whatever. And then tag a friend, post to your story and tag us. So there's three things you need to do. Comment on the post telling us what your favorite takeaway is. Number two, Tag your friend in the comments. Number three, post the giveaway post to your story and tag us at Deuteronomy Pod. Um, for me personally, my favorite takeaway is how old menstrual hygiene technologies are, how vast a topic it is and how differently we all experience different products. I can't believe that the first menstrual cup was invented in 1867. I just can't. I always like thought, I don't know what I thought they used, but I always wondered, like, you know, in the times of Jesus, like, did Mary use pads or like, <laughs> I don't know, what did they use back then? So that's, that's another episode that I think would be interesting. So we can talk about that one day. 
anyway make sure to follow the at uteronomy pod account on instagram and tag at uteronomy pod when posting to your story and then the competition is currently open only to persons in south africa and each tag is an entry i will unashamedly say that the goal is to gain more followers for uteronomy on instagram and more listeners in general sharing is caring so i want us to share as much information as we can with as many information ooh, with as many people as we can share it with it's very late i'm sorry the english is is the bundles are finishing okay so i've told you about the competition but you don't know what you could win hey so you probably want to know what you could win so ideally the prize would be an all expenses paid trip for two to Miami, including a five night hotel stay and a lifetime supply of lube, meals not included. But number one, America's the ghetto. Number two, we're in a pandemic. And number three, the actual prize is so much better. So to be one is a PMS box from Freckled Toast. Follow them on Instagram. It's at Freckled Toast and order their delicious donuts. They are so delicious. You'll die as soon as you have them. Um, and the PMS box also includes a number of goodies, including their delicious donuts. The box is to the value of 400 Rand. Yay. And a voucher from Faithful Teenager to the value of 250 Rand. So there'll be two winners because why not? Um, I'm now going to leave you with some reviews from close personal friends of mine, both positive and negative reviews of the menstrual cup, of course. And this is because I want you to make an informed decision. a uterus and i experience menstruation i've been using a menstrual cup that i got from my cup essay since mid-year 2018 i got it for 300 rands and i did think initially that it would be expensive of a product when i got it but that the cost would make sense six months down the line because i do at the point i was parting with around 50 rand a month to manage my period i am very fortunate to have a very light flow so it's very easy to use a menstrual cup that i can insert in the morning and take out at the end of the day when i come from work from school wherever i have been on that day um Initially, I also did have issues with, you know, having to touch blood all the time and also thinking about the possibilities of if I didn't need to change before I got home or if my days were longer, uh, what would happen if I did not have a wash basin within the same store where I had the toilet um, when I was changing it. But it's it's worked out so far because I do have these resources um, and it's great. It's probably the best decision I've ever made to manage my period. Okay, so um, I just quickly Googled it again because I remember I got it from Clicks, right? It's this one called the Soft Cup. At the time, it was the only one that I could find. And I remember when I bought it, it was maybe last year, maybe the year before that. And it was around the 100 Rand range. So, I mean, it's not that bad, especially considering that it's reusable. So, like, the price of it, like, compared to buying disposables... Um, is a lot better. Um, I started using it. I tried it. <laughs> Let me get say I started using it. I tried it because um, obviously disposable sanitary products are really bad for the environment. Um, I mean, you can just Google how many um, pads and or tampons you use the whole time. Um, throughout your life and it just really really adds up it wasn't really a financial reason for me mainly because of the environment and so I did like a little bit of research you know watched a couple YouTube videos I saw like I think it was a BuzzFeed video where these women like put put it inside (laughs) and then they were like 
speaking about their experience and how it feels going in and stuff and like how it works and stuff and i think i also saw a jackie Aina video where she was i think they were using the diva cup though but you know the concept is essentially the same so then i decided okay cool i'm gonna take the plunge also because like sometimes i use tampons but you know toxic shock syndrome is a thing so i was just kind of like well let me just let me just try to be better to my body as well um i tried it it was the most horrific experience of my life to date like that might be a bit of an exaggeration but like literally only a little bit of an exaggeration it was terrible i'm not gonna lie um oh my goodness okay putting it in is weird um I didn't really know, like, if it was in, like, it was, I just put it in, and I, they said that you should feel, like, a suction, like, you should feel it, like, suction on you, to make sure that it's, like, sealed, so it doesn't, like, you don't, like, drip through it, and there's no, like, leaking and stuff, um, so I put it in, I thought I felt the suction, and then I was, like, initially excited, like, okay, cool, we're doing this, we're going for it, it's, It was really not a good time. Like, I was leaking through it. I don't even have a heavy flow. I have, I would say, a light to medium flow. I was leaking through it. I think it was because I didn't put it in properly. It was almost essentially like I wasn't even wearing anything. Like, I was practically free breathing, if I'm being honest. But um, I put it in. It didn't work. It was, I was like bleeding through and stuff so i went to the bathroom to try and fix it right i think of i wore did i wear it throughout my whole period i must have given up even throughout like probably i probably wore it for like two days and then i was like enough is enough um but i think i did try to fix it so throughout the whole time that i used i think i got it right once and then you go to take it out now, the taking it out process was what really got to me. Like, it was just, I just personally wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for what was going to happen. <laughs> I tried, I like took it out and then you obviously all the like blood and fluids is collected in the cup. And I, first of all, wasn't I just wasn't ready for that. Like, I don't know how to explain that. I just wasn't ready for that because my whole life, obviously, I've been using things that kind of soak it up. Pads, like, soak it up. Like, tampons, like, soak it up. So you're not really... Like, I hadn't ever really witnessed my period in its full glory. Like, that was very much, like, a shock to my system. And it was just so messy. Like, you pull it out, it's like... <clears throat> It, like, drips out. It's Everything is wet, obviously. Um, like, there was just blood everywhere. It felt like a murder scene. Like, I just... It was too much. It, it was, for me, too much. And then it was also just... I think because there was nothing there to, like, soak anything up, you just smell everything. Like, I was just... Gee, I was overwhelmed, okay? I don't know how else to put it. It was a very overwhelming experience for me. I felt like I was in a slaughterhouse. Um, I was confused, not happy, did not have a good experience. And I think that coupled with the fact that it wasn't even working, like there was just no, it just wasn't worth it. Um, so then I stopped using it. Will I continue using it? Probably not. I might try a different brand. Maybe it was the soft cup that was the problem. I also know that there's a bit of a learning curve that comes with it. So, um, yeah, um, I probably, if I can get a hold of, like, a Diva cup or something that has the same shape as a Diva cup, I might try that again. Um, I wouldn't try it, like, from the first couple of days of my period when, like, I'm really perioding. I'll do it, like, towards the end to kind of, like, ease my way into it, but just uh, it was just too much for me personally but <laughs> um i've heard great reviews which is also why I was, the reviews and the women that like get the hang of it are the reason why i want to try it again um but if i were to just go off of my own experience i would never i would never do you understand what i'm saying i would never ever try it again um but i will
there was no 12 it says it says 12 hour period protection that was a lie um i definitely did not expect that i did not like experience that is what i mean to say um but yeah that was my experience with the diva cup and like i hope that helped not the diva cup the soft the soft cup um yeah it says yeah that it's healthy convenient and comfortable it's not convenient it's not comfortable (laughs) well it's comfortable in that you don't feel it but you feel your underwear getting wet so i don't know what comfortable that is i was not comfortable um it says 100 percent freedom there was no freedom i just zero stars on yelp is what i'm trying to say This last review was typed, so I'm just going to read it. I tried the menstrual cup, did it for only one cycle like three years ago. I think I didn't try hard enough to figure it out. I think there were too many traumatic spillages, so I opted out. But I won't lie. When I inserted it properly, it worked amazingly. No pad or panty liner required. It was also interesting to actually see how much blood comes out of my body over a certain period of hours. I'm definitely going to explore it further. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Thank you, friends, Romans, countrymen, for lending me your ears as we listened to the gospel according to St. Euteri, Euteronomy. Join us again on another episode, whenever that might be. It might be soon. Thank you. Bye.